Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word, for this opportunity to gather here and to worship you. Lord, speak into our hearts and minds and lives this day what you have for us. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Parable of the Sower, another story that Jesus told, a, a story that perhaps is one of the more well-known, more well-talked-about parables, uh, one of the few that Jesus offers kind of an explanation for towards the end. It's, uh, I think it's a really good and important story, and like all the parables, has so many layers of meaning. The story begins with Jesus going out to the lake. So Jesus was a laker. That's what you need to know right there. Right? <laughs> but that's what Jesus would do. When he had enough, he would go out to the lake. But wherever Jesus went, his, his reputation began to spread. People would follow him. People would crowd around him. And so what happened in this case and what happened other times in the scriptures, it would get so crowded that Jesus would continue to back up. And eventually he would just go out on the boat. You know, he needed some personal space. And Jesus would stand on the boat with the great acoustics of the water and would teach the people. And you see, the people crowded around because they were hungry. They wanted what Jesus had to offer. They understood that something was happening here that they couldn't just experience in everyday life. This parable is a lot about hunger. And, and the hunger of the people there is so important. It's an important piece to begin this story. It's an important lesson for us about our posture towards Jesus. Our hunger for what God has for us. And so you have these four seeds. The seed that falls on the path and the birds get it. The seed that falls amongst the rocky and shallow soil and it grows up, but because it has no root, it dies quickly. It's scorched by the sun, much like my lawn. Then there's the seed that, that you know, falls amongst the weeds, the thorns. It, it grows up, but the weeds begin to choke it out. If you have a garden, you know the weeds always grow faster than your fruits and vegetables. And the weeds choke it out, and it doesn't get to experience all it experiences. Then you have this one seed, and this one seed you plant produces this great crop 30, 60, 100 times. You see, one little seed can do an awful lot. One tiny little seed has such great power. One decision to follow Jesus. One moment of trusting God. One experience where we embrace all that God has for us can do so much. A pumpkin seed. I love all things pumpkin, so I'll talk about the pumpkin seed again. But a pumpkin seed, one little pumpkin seed can produce this giant pumpkin that inside has all these seeds. The mustard seed. Jesus tells a story about the mustard seed. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, they are microscopically small. Tiny, but a mustard plant is this huge bush that has thousands and thousands of seeds. I think about these four seeds when I think about so many things. But one tiny little seed. One little seed. One little life in this huge planet throughout history. One life can do so much. God can do so much with one little seed. One risk, one trust, one decision to follow God in an adventurous way.
And so this story is about so much. It is so rich. It's also a story for the Pharisees, for the religious people, because when Jesus told stories, he told it for everyone to hear. And, you know, they didn't quite get it. They, they didn't understand what Jesus was offering. They had their own idea. And so when it came to Jesus, they would hear what they want to hear, but they would really kind of pick at his words. But Jesus offered this story to them to challenge them. And I think if we think about it as the church, as good church attenders, as, as good religious people, Jesus offers this challenge to us as well. And he challenges these Pharisees, these religious people, by by telling this story because their seeds weren't quite what they thought they were. Perhaps some of them fell along the path they didn't even hear. Some fell amongst the rocks. It was not really meaningful. Some fell, and then the rocks, they just heard what they wanted to hear. Some fell amongst the thorns, and, and, and when the seed began to grow, they just got distracted by everything else around them. And so I think this is for us, as it is for the Pharisees. It's also a great image of ministry. Four seeds. One is successful. That so often in ministry, whether in the church or in the world, whether you're trying to bring someone to know Jesus or whether you're trying to communicate a truth, so often you scatter these seeds and, you know, it doesn't work quite as well as you think. There's a 25% return in this story. But the one seed that does work produces an abundance. I think of my first, my first full-time ministry job. Four seniors in high school, and I've followed them still to this day. And if I would look at those four seniors, the four seeds are actually represented by their lives. One who's kind of ignored God completely. One who, who loves God, but it's not real. It's, their faith is, is continuing to struggle with some shallowness. One who really tries to, to love God, but they're so distracted by all the things they've experienced, their financial challenges, their job challenges, their relationship challenges, even the good things that happen. And another is a, is a youth pastor in Wisconsin working to sow the seed and tell teenagers about Jesus. It's a great image for ministry. I think it's actually an image for a lot of things that we try to do. It's, a, it's an image for parenting. It's, it's an image for so much. We try to communicate things. We try to help people our best. And sometimes it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's somewhere in between. Four seeds. Four seeds here. You see, the story was also for the disciples, for those who really got it. Four seeds. There is, again, the seed that falls around the rocks. Nobody hears it. There is the seed that falls amongst the path first and then the rocks, and it just springs up briefly. And then the seed amongst the thorns, it gets distracted, and the good seed. To the disciples, Jesus was saying, which seed are you going to be? When, when I have something for you, when I'm asking you to trust me, when I'm asking you to follow me, which seed will you be? And then we get to verse 9. Love this. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
Jesus is saying, that this, it goes back to something I said several weeks ago, there's a difference between hearing and listening. That if you have ears, you are going to hear this. You are going to catch this. If you really, really listen. But some of the seeds, some of us just hear. Some of us, like the one that falls on the path, don't hear at all. Some of us hear for a little while. Some of us hear God like the one amongst the thorns. But when other stuff happens, we get distracted. It's really so much about listening. Some of us have what our spouses like to call selective hearing. Like the Pharisees, like some of us sometimes as well in the church, that we hear what we would like and then we toss away or reject the rest. Jesus is simply saying here, listen, what I'm saying here is important. It's not just a nice day by the lake. What I've got here is something beautiful. And so he goes on, and the disciples, I love it, in verse 10, after all this, after he says, make sure you're listening, and the disciples, first thing, why do you tell stories anyway? It's like they missed the whole point. They're like, here he goes again. Why do you tell stories anyway? They missed it completely, which is encouraging to me, because sometimes I feel like I miss it completely. That these disciples who'd been following Jesus had been a part of this movement for three years completely miss it. What's the point of the stories, Jesus? Why all the stories? And he tells them in verse 11, because not everyone's going to get it. You're supposed to get it. You know what I'm about. You know what matters to the God of the universe. But not everybody knows. And so these stories are helpful. He told these stories that they could understand, that we could understand so that we wouldn't miss the message. If Jesus had simply stood there and said, be a good listener and follow me and embrace all I have for you, or here are your four choices, ignore me, listen to me with shallowness, listen to me until something better comes along, or really listen to me, they may not have remembered it as well as this story. And Jesus was the master storyteller. And he goes on in verse 12, same stuff as last week if you were here with the parables of the talent. Whoever has will be given abundance. Whoever does not have, it will be taken away from them. Those who really listen to me and hear what I have for them, those that really choose to trust me and be the good seed, they will be given more and more. Those hundreds, if not thousands of seeds that can multiply, like the pumpkin, like the mustard plant, like so many things that grow. But those who ignore it, they're not going to be given those seeds. They're not going to be given that abundance. They're not going to be trusted with more and more. They're going to lose the very thing that they have. Whether by the birds or the sun or the weeds, they're going to lose it. And that's the beautiful but difficult message of the kingdom of God. That those who really embrace Jesus fully, who really listen to Jesus, who really try to follow Jesus, are given more and more as they follow more and more. But those seeds that couldn't be bothered, or Jesus is a secondary or a lesser priority, they miss out on it all. And then Jesus reminds them, again, because maybe they didn't understand, in verses 13 
12 and 13, that these stories are so that people can hear and can understand that God wants us to do more than just notice him. God wants us to embrace him. That that's the deepest desire of God's heart. In verse 14, I've, I've missed verse 14 and 15 on many of my readings of this, but he reminds them that this teaching is about the prophecy in the book of Isaiah, that some will hear and some won't. Some will hear Jesus and will reject him. Some will hear Jesus but won't understand. Some will hear Jesus and understand, but they won't live it. Those four seeds, the one, it's unbelievable what Jesus is doing here. Four seeds, think about it. The simple, one of the simple messages of the story is not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to embrace what God has for them. Not everyone's really going to listen and really take a hold of what Jesus has for them, that abundance that Jesus has for them. That first seed that falls amongst the path. That seed, this is a story about listening to God too, folks. That seed that falls amongst the path doesn't even hear and so the birds snatch it up. It doesn't even have a shot. And then, and you know, that is the seed, that is the seed of ignorance. And then there's the seed that falls amongst the rocks. And it's passionate about God. It really loves God, but not with a lot of depth. It, it, it doesn't go very far below the surface. And so whether it's a wind or, or whether it's the sun, it doesn't have enough root. And so it's not going to last. This seed is the shallow seed. It's the superficial seed. It's the seed that says, I love God, kind of. And then we have the third seed. This third seed that falls amongst the thorns. It really hears and listens and understands and it really wants to love Jesus. It really wants to follow God. But everything else distracts it. The good and the bad, all of the moments of life, whether it be relationships or world events or the bills or tiredness or busyness, it gets distracted. Jesus becomes secondary and third and then fourth into the bottom of the list and the weeds choke it all out. And so there's nothing left in that seed's life for God. That's the seed of inconsistency, of inauthenticity. You see, the story is for us. Because there's that other seed that plants and that grows and it produces a crop of abundance. Now we all know that it's not always that simple. But we got a better shot in the good soil than we do any of those other places. Jesus goes on in verses 18 through 23, and he explains the parable. It's the sermon cheat sheet right there. He explains it to the disciples just in case they missed it, just in case everyone missed it. He kind of gives the answer of the story. It's a story for us, folks. Do I really listen? First off, do I even hear? But then if I hear, do I really listen? And if I really listen, do I really embrace it? Do I really understand? Or am I just one of those seeds? Because we've got to think about which seed are we. In general, when it comes to God, which seed are we? But even in specific situations. Because in general, I'd like to believe that I'm the good seed. But I can tell you right now, 
that there are some times in certain situations where I'm that first seed and I don't even hear God. Or that second seed or that third seed. It's a story for us about our ability to listen, to understand, to embrace all that God has for us. And if I'm honest, so much in life is a seed planting mission. You know, you can give a seed good soil, right? And put it in good soil. And you can even get it the right amount of sun and the right amount of water. And it may not grow, right? That's its best shot. And it's a reminder to us that it still takes the work of God. It's still up to God if this stuff is going to happen. But we have an opportunity to cultivate it. We have an opportunity to give it a better shot of sticking. And I think everything is a seed planting mission. Ministry is a seed planting mission. You, you communicate the word of God. You love and listen and make mistakes and have successes. But it's still really up to God. Parenting is the ultimate seed planting mission, right? You try to cultivate these best experiences for your children. Give them the best opportunities, the best learnings, the good soil, the water, the sun. And still it doesn't always turn out the way you would like it to. Sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the plant is beautiful and abundant. Sometimes the plant is awkward and ineffective. It's all a seed planting mission. It still boils down to us choosing to trust the God of the universe. But we can create those conditions. We can cultivate our own soil. And I think one of the questions of this story for me this week has been, which soil am I? When it comes to listening to God, when it comes to embracing what God has for me, which soil am I? In general and in all these specific situations, do I really embrace God? Do I really hear, listen, understand, and trust? Because even though three seeds failed, the one that was successful produced, produced far more, well overcompensated for those three seeds. Those who have ears, let them hear. Jesus wants more than us to just hear or get excited. He wants to be more than just another thing on our list of life. How are we cultivating our soil? How are we cultivating our life in a way that we can hear and embrace Jesus more and more so that we can live and experience in abundance and produce such great things that this world needs? And so that's our question for our own thoughts and reflections. Which seed are we? What can we do to cultivate that good soil and our relationship with the God of the universe? Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, help us to hear what you have for us. Help us to cultivate lives, Lord, that bring us to a deeper relationship with you. Lord, help us to carefully consider what seed we are and to trust you more and more in each and every situation of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.